you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lulovich, and me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Lucy Dickens. And I'm Joe Alilovich. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. If you're new here, we thought we'd give you a quick little introduction to tell you about who we are and what the Juggle is all about. Yes. So I'm Joe Alilovich. I'm an employment lawyer, mum of three, all currently at school, which is wonderful these days. And of course, I spend a fair bit of time hosting this Juggle podcast with Lucy and getting around and consulting with employers to help them make the world of work a better place for women, whether that's by flexible working or putting in place parental leave policies or whatever it might be. I'm Lucy. I'm a mum of two. I have a daughter who's three and a half and a son who is seven months. I always get it wrong and think he's younger than he is, but he is at the moment seven months, um, who you may hear in previous episodes because he was with me for recording for a long time while he was breastfeeding and couldn't leave my side. I'm also a lawyer like Joe, and I also coach and consult to law firms who are looking to change and practice law in new ways. Alongside that, I have another podcast, which is called Doing Law Differently. So if you are in the legal profession and you're interested in changing law, then have a look, listen to that wherever you listen to your podcasts. Even if you're not in the legal profession, I think that's one of the advantages and things that you learn about when you're, you know, running your own business is the idea that you're actually best to seek knowledge and information from other industries. Not that the legal profession's necessarily one that's somewhere people look to for advancements, but things are changing hey, and that is what your yeah. podcast is all about. And the people who I talk to are definitely people who are doing that. And that's the whole focus of the podcast is interviewing not just law firms, but people in the legal profession and the legal industry who are doing things in different ways. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So take a listen. You know, Lucy's had plenty of experience interviewing people now, so she's <laughs> she's all over it. The other thing that we've both got coming up really soon is we're speaking at the club retreat in November in Kingscliff. So both of us are doing presentations on that at that two-day conference, which is run by the Happy Lawyer, Happy Life, Clarissa Raywood. And I'll be speaking there on the topic of scaling the old-fashioned way with people. And Lucy is going to be talking about... I am going to be talking about how you can productize and profit. So it's all around simplifying your business so that you can do more work that you love. That's what we all want. Absolutely. We'll include the link to the retreat in the show notes. So if that's something that you're interested in, go and check it out. We both attended last year as delegates and it was lots of fun and really informative. We both enjoyed it a lot. We did. And it's going to be super fun to be up on stage this time. So today we're going to talk about a topic we have touched on before on the podcast, but this time it's going to be a little bit different because we're going to be interviewing someone about it. So we're talking about that often pushed under the carpet, but in a lot of ways coming a lot more out in the open these days, sexual harassment. We're joined by Olivia Wensley, who has been an active advocate against sexual harassment and bullying in the workplace. And she made headlines in 2018 by whistleblowing the sexual harassment in the legal industry after writing a blog on LinkedIn that she called, We Need to Talk About Law's Dirty Little Secret. Yeah, and since then, she's been using the platform that has 
been created off the back of that article to do what she can to make some change for good. So she's been advocating on behalf of victims throughout Australia and New Zealand. And in addition to the speaking work that she does, she is also currently the head of growth and innovation for Automio, which is a legal tech platform. And she has two young children who are kind of around the same age as yours, Lucy. They are, yes. So we talked to Olivia about sexual harassment, about her article, about the reaction she got and the media attention that came as a result of as a result of the article. And one of the things I loved about this conversation is that Olivia didn't think anyone was going to read her article. She was surprised by the attention because she thought she'd get none. And it just goes to show how we're all, I say ordinary people, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I just mean that how anybody can make an impact and make change. On the sexual harassment side of things, what I liked was that her continuing positivity, like just listening to her, she was really positive and upbeat through the whole interview, as opposed to so many people that you speak to about this topic who are down in the dumps and they're constantly talking about all the challenges that we're facing and how difficult it is and how negative it is when you become a spokesperson for something like this. But I also loved personally her comments around working flexibly and remotely from home because of the way that she is employed by Otomio. And I think they were some good comments in there about people who are trying to do that remote working arrangement. Yeah. So as well as the sexual harassment topic, we also talked to Olivia about her own working arrangement, how she manages the juggle with her children and her career and working remotely and all of those wonderful things. So without much else, please enjoy the interview. Hi, Olivia. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Now, back a little while ago, February 2018, you wrote an article on LinkedIn talking about what you called the legal profession's dirty little secret, sexual harassment. And that article ended up getting picked up by the New Zealand Herald and pretty much just took off. What prompted you to write it? Right. Yes. It went crazy once I wrote it. So <laughs> yeah. basically it was a vent. <laughs> it was a reaction to what happened, um, well, what was being spoken about in the media at the time. So in February 2018, there was a bombshell report uh, dropped by Newsroom and it was on the Russell McVeigh scandal. So basically what happened in the summer of 2016, 2017, I think, uh, there were five interns who were all sexually assaulted in one way or another one of the complaints was actually rape so it was extremely serious and this was picked up by the media in New Zealand and I realized I had a really funny reaction to it because first of all when the media started talking about it I was like well what's the big deal (laughs) everywhere isn't that just normal and then I spoke about it with my colleague and I spoke about it with my husband and they were like "Mm, that's kind of a messed up response and I was like yep I'm totally conditioned and so then I sort of thought about it some more and so then I actually wrote what how I actually felt about it and how good it was that it was actually being spoken about in public forum finally. Mm. So what kind of reaction did you get personally what kind of comments did you receive? So when I wrote this article, it was really raw and I didn't expect Mm. anyone to read it, to be honest, because it was only my second article I'd ever written on LinkedIn. I didn't really use that much as a medium before that. I just sort of started writing and I started sharing my own experience and it was really raw. I just sort of shared what I'd experienced and seen. It was totally anecdotal and that kind of um, account had never been shared before. Mm. So and I didn't really realize when I was writing it that I was doing anything interesting but it caught 
fire. It sort of, as you said, it got picked up by local media first, and then it just went nuts. It went viral on LinkedIn. It got published, republished in full by the Herald, and then it was just covered. It was covered in Australia. It was mm. covered. I just, yeah, and then I was in a firestorm of media interviews. <laughs> I was and that was basically all last year. It was just continually being contacted by the media in one way or another because it turned into a huge issue. It sort of lifted the lid on this massive scandal and sort of wide-scale practice in the law, which resulted in the Law Society having to do surveys and having to do investigations. And yeah, it got really massive. So reading through some of the article comments, they weren't all positive though. Oh yeah. So sorry, come back to that question about the actual reaction to it. Well, at first, a lot of the reaction was denial, was saying, oh, does this really happen? I haven't seen it. Oh, she's just writing this for, one person said it was for climbing my career or something. And I was like, this is kind of interesting. There was a bit of backlash, but I expected that. Well, I didn't actually really expect any feedback, to be honest. But then when it happened, The response was actually overwhelmingly positive overall. There was a few people that were sort of doubters and deniers at first. I had, yeah, quite a few sort of prominent lawyers tell me blatantly, like, this isn't a problem, even from some people who I knew were instigators of this behaviour. Yeah, well, there you go, case in point. But how can they deny your personal experience? They, They just can't. That's the thing. And so I said to some of these people, I was like, just because you haven't experienced it doesn't happen. But I had nothing to back me up, basically. So I was making this big claim that it's endemic in the legal profession and sexual harassment is, but I had nothing to sort of prove. I just had my own anecdotal evidence. So that was interesting. And then what happened is soon after that, after my article and after it sort of became quite big in the media, the Criminal Bar Association in New Zealand put out a survey because no one had been surveyed in the legal profession about workplace environment. So then what happened was really interesting. So we actually got some statistics and it showed that one in three women lawyers are experiencing sexual harassment day-to-day in their profession Mm. and 50% of lawyers experience bullying so (laughs) it was really really interesting I went on television and there was a panel basically to reveal like I had no idea what the survey was going to say there was this big panel so they're saying these are the statistics and then it was amazing to actually have validation so Mm. something I could show to say look what I'm saying it's real here's the stats Mm. There's been, obviously, since the whole hashtag MeToo thing started, it's just been all over the place. And initially, people really seem to be getting on board and sharing the hashtag and maybe mentioning a personal experience, even if they weren't going into perhaps as much depth as you did in your article. But what I seem to have noticed more recently is that it doesn't seem to be as helpful anymore. And there seems to be people saying that the hashtag MeToo movement's actually having a negative effect on women's ability to report sexual harassment and make some change. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with that. To be honest, the whole actual the hashtag MeToo, I'm not sure that's such a positive thing to be honest like it's something that just sort of got associated with it because at the time there was the Weinstein claims and it was all kind of a knock-on which of course it's related but I'd sort of like it to have a sort of different tag to be honest Mm. because it is more about 
it's a whole movement in sort of changing the legal profession as a whole and changing the culture in it. So people hear me too and they think, oh, it's just women complaining, but it's sort of, it should be more like a whole disruption kind of thing, really. It should be seen in a really positive way and an opportunity for firms to sort of really look at their culture and focus on improving that. What are some of the ways we can do that? You mentioned some in your article and one of the things you say is that we need to shift the responsibility from women speaking up to firms in the profession taking more of an investigative role. What are some of the things you say we can do to help combat this? Well, what's really interesting is um, I was reading some more statistics and I think it's 28% of incidents are actually witnessed by others. Mm. which is huge. So what I'm calling on is people, when they see it, to call it out Mm. and to actually say, hey, that's not on. And it's interesting how it happens. It sort of starts as really low-level behavior, sort of inappropriate jokes and sort of smutty talk around the board table. And that's how it doesn't escalate suddenly to to rape or sexual Mm. assault. It actually starts in a culture having this sort of low-level stuff that's accepted by others and that slowly escalates over time. Um, behavior gets worse and worse and worse. So what I think is really important is to stamp out that low-level behavior and sort of set a culture from the top down and sort of lead by example and encourage others to call it out as well. To say if someone's making a gross comment about something, which happens all the time, to call it out and say, that's not on, I don't appreciate that or whatever. Because then if you call out that low-level stuff, then that's going to stop culture sort of developing into one where really bad stuff can happen basically it's so interesting as when you were talking it was reminding me about a visit I made to a client premises once I just had to see the client regarding some issues that were happening at work and as I went through the back of the business to the office out the back I walked past a calendar on the wall which was a calendar of women posed in various states of undress and I noted it and kind of did a bit of a double take that it was up on the wall. It was a predominantly male workplace, but retail. So it wasn't exactly like a building company or anything that you traditionally associate with lots and lots of nacho men. And I made a comment to the female business owner at the time who was in business with her husband. And she kind of just said, oh, well, you know, I'm not bothered by those types of things. And In hindsight, you can kind of look at that. Now, I felt uncomfortable about it, but it wasn't my position to call her out or to make comment really at that time. But I look at that as in light of what you've just said, as it being part of the culture. And effectively, you've got a whole lot of men displaying naked women. And what does that do for her seniority and respect level in the workplace? But also, it's not just about her being comfortable with it. It's it's much bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. That's right. It's being conscious about what sort of lower level staff might think about it. Because what I've seen a lot of is sort of circulating of joker emails and stuff or these sort of comments. And they can be around sort of junior staff that are too uncomfortable or embarrassed to say anything, but ultimately it makes them feel gross. Mm -hmm. So it's being conscious of that kind of stuff and just making sure that senior executives, all businesses lead by example and not condone that behavior because by being silent you're condoning it without calling it out this episode is brought to you by us managing the juggle we want to ensure more women feel like they're living the dream of a successful career and a fulfilling family life if this message resonates with you then get in touch to find out how we can be booked to speak at your next event or conference or in-house with your organization 
For more information, visit our website and go to the link www.thejuggle.com.au forward slash speak. Let's talk about you a little bit more. As well as being advocate for sexual harassment, you're also mum yourself and obviously you work, you have your own career. What was it like to go from writing an article that you thought no one was going to read to suddenly being known for making what some people are saying are controversial statements and being in the media and it sounds like this kind of taking over your life a bit for the last year. What was that shift like? It was huge. It was massive. I've got two kids. I've got uh, Tilly, she's two and a half, and I've got Rafferty, who's now 10 months. So it was actually really physically challenging because at the time I was, I was heavily pregnant for a lot of the time when um, so I was traveling and doing these interviews and being on TV. And it was actually a huge amount of pressure. I had a lot of support from work. So my day-to-day job is I'm head of growth and innovation at Automio, which is a legal tech company. So I had a huge amount of support from my CEO, Claudia King, who actually encouraged me to write the article in the first place. She was like, do it, just mm. <laughs> do it. And and um, yeah, so having that support from my CEO was huge in a year that was massive because she understood that some days I just had to disappear and because I'd have my phone ringing off the hook all the time, she knew that it was a really important cause. So she backed me totally. And also I had great support from my husband as well. So um, yeah, so having that, both of that, it just helped me do this mammoth task of, of being a mum and having a job and doing this huge media year. So yeah, it was it was good. So what does the work, family, career, sexual harassment advocate life look like for you now? You know, what's a typical day? Are you arriving at work in the morning and then racing off to interviews or how's it look? At the moment, well, things have calmed down a lot, but I think like media wise, it's probably going to kick off again soon in a month or two because the Law Society is going to make a determination on this guy who's the main perpetrator of the Russell McVeigh scandal. So yeah, I think that's going to make quite. That's going to make national news, whatever their decision is. So it might kick up again then. Mm-hmm. But day to day, I work from home, which is great. I work remotely. So Autonomio is based in New Plymouth here in New yes. Zealand, and I am based in Queenstown, which is a real mm. terrible place to live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm really lucky that I get to work remotely. So it makes it a lot easier being a mum and being working remote. So I don't mm-hmm. actually have the office commute. So day to day, my husband brings the babies to daycare and I work at the moment, I'm doing 20 hours a week mm-hmm. and then I pick them up in the afternoon. So it works out quite nicely. So we definitely have a lot of shared responsibility. I'm really lucky having a husband that he really steps up as a parent and, and supports a lot. I think that's crucial to have that balance. Am I right that you had your first child when you were still working in traditional law? No, I actually left traditional law and it was interesting because I'd, I'd wanted to get pregnant for a while and then the month after I left law, I finally got pregnant. I was like, wow, yeah. just shows what stress I was under. It's common, that story, isn't it? I've heard that from quite a few people. It's when they leave their stressful job or maybe you don't even realise it's stressful at the time, did you? No, I just thought, you know, you just think everyone's job is stressful. (laughs) Then as soon as I left, I realized I was pregnant. So I started back, I took a bit of time out and helped my husband with his business. And I started back full time with Otomio when Tilly was six months old. Mm -hmm. So 
I also work from lots of different places really, but (laughs) a lot of the time it can be at home. And how have you gone with the, you know, working from home and balancing that boundary between work and and being home and also just the isolation that comes from being Mm. at home away from the office? Yeah, the isolation is something that is is quite tricky. But at my work, we're always um, communicating through the day. So we use Slack. Yeah. And Slack is really good because it's live and you're chatting all the time. And we have banter as well. We have some great chat on it. So if I was just at home just emailing people, I think I'd, I'd miss out on that a bit. But having that live chat over Slack and we also we do hangouts every day. We do a catch up every day with the team. So, mm. yeah, using that technology, having video conferencing and Slack makes a huge difference. But it is hard sometimes not having that physical being in the office. But we catch up every quarter. So we have an executive retreat. So I get to hang out with everyone at work then, which is cool. So, yeah, it works. It's good to hear such positive stories from things like Slack because a lot of people talk about them. I use Slack, but not a lot, you know, not in the same kind of way that you do. But I imagine that it would be harder to kind of form those connections with colleagues. So it's really nice to hear that you, you find that it, it kind of fills the gap and then it does the job that it's needed to do. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And I think um, because we do have a lot of fun, just being able to joke around and stuff, it definitely makes it feel like um, we're all in the same place. Our team is actually quite, um, we've got a team in Australia. We've got me down in Queenstown. We've got another, our marketing, head of marketing, (laughs) she's a Kiwi living in Manila. And then we have our development teams in Bulgaria. So we're sort of dotted around everywhere, but we still manage to feel like a team, which is great. That's a skill, you know, and that says a lot for Claudia, putting it all together and being able to keep that team running and connected in a joint effort to do the same thing. That's right. And I think our daily catch-ups, we sort of get the team in sync. So we have a format that we go through and we all share good news at the start and that kind of thing, that sort of personal touch. Yeah, it definitely keeps us cohesive. And you mentioned you left law before you got pregnant and then, and it was straight from there to Otomio after having your first child. That's correct. Yeah. (laughs) I kind of laugh asking this, but I do wonder, is there any part of you that misses the old law practice? I guess um, the thing that I'd miss is that sort of being in an office physically. But as for old law practice, not really, because I've found that what I'm doing now is using my um, skills a lot more. I used to find that I was always a square peg trying to fit in the circle hole when I was in law. And I just realized now looking back that I wasn't actually cut out to practice in a very traditional way, which is what the places where I was working were like. But it's exciting now to see new law and a lot of people doing things in a different modern way. So if I was working somewhere like that, I think that um, working in law in a new law environment, I'd enjoy. Well, there's a question we like to ask of all of our guests, and it's my favourite. So do you have a mantra? Are there words that you live by? Oh gosh, um, my favorite saying, and it's, it's one about adversity and because everyone faces adversity and I think that it can be a really good opportunity to shape you and make you stronger. And my favorite saying is smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. I really like that thing. So it's sort of about learning about from when times are difficult and um, sort of make you stronger and better. So yeah, that's, that's my favorite saying and personal mantra mm-hmm. when it comes to personal development. That reminds me of our interview with a friend, actually, Kim Atkins, who started up The Vault, episode 82, 83, I think it was. And 
when we interviewed her, she made a comment about when she started her own business that it was a, a massive personal growth journey. And I think it's the, it ties in beautifully because it's that whole concept around running your own business is not easy at all, but it makes you, you know, if you want to use that acronym, the skilled sailor. So it's nice. Absolutely. And that's what we've found sort of uh, with Automio. So I've been with Automio for just over two years now. So when I came on board, I was employee number four and it was a baby. It was a very, very new company. Yes. So we built it from the ground mm. up and, and that has been really challenging at times, but also really rewarding. So that's mm. the thing is that it's sort of through the times of adversity, it's just made us stronger and, mm. and, and, and fight harder. And, and it's really good to see it all paying off now. Yeah. And going through those struggles and the challenges make you appreciate the wins more, don't they? Because you can balance the two out. Oh, absolutely. If it had been easy the whole time, we wouldn't appreciate it as much. Exactly. We talk about, like, we look back now at how hard it was in the early days to get something that's so different and and a new concept off the ground. And now it's, um, yeah, it's really rewarding. So if you were to give one piece of advice to other women like us who are doing this juggle between career and family and trying to make them both work, what would that be? It would be expect more from him. So that's something I say in both the, <laughs> in both the sexual harassment area. I say expect more from him. Guys yeah. step up and call it out. But also in the personal area. So I think that ties in nicely. So expect mm. more from him. Australia's probably the same. In New Zealand, there's a lot of very traditional roles. And a lot of my female friends who are trying to have a career, but they can't because their husbands aren't very supportive and don't sort of pull the line. And I say, well, why? You know, you're, you're entitled to a career as well. So just try and just balance it, sort of run your home more like a, a equal partnership. So that's what we try to do. A lot of my friends say, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky. But it doesn't <laughs> be about luck. It should just be everyone should have it. And I am lucky, but it's a shame that it is considered lucky. That your husband wants to pull the weight in the relationship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with the fact that you actually have discussions between you and, you know, determine between you what's an appropriate way to behave and who should do what. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. I think it is a good one. Like expect more from him just to just yeah. set it out. This is this is how we split things. It should be 50-50 and a lot of households aren't. Women are trying to do it all. They have the yeah. mental load of running the house and trying to have a career, which is very, very hard. So, yeah, we need to split it out more. I like that. I like nice that. place to finish. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I feel like that's a nice title for this episode too. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, really, it's a nice little snippet summary of what you stand for. It's brilliant. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Great. Thanks, We're going to send people to your website if they'd like to connect with you and find out more about the work that you're doing, either at Automio or as an advocate and public speaker. So you can just find Olivia at www.oliviawensley.com. And of course, we will link to it in the show notes. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Thank you all so much for listening today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we would love it if you could subscribe and leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people to find out about our show and it also helps us to know what kind of content that you enjoy. Don't forget to reach out to Olivia if you want to find out more about the work that she's doing. But otherwise, just come and join us in our Facebook community, the Juggle Community, where we have such a beautiful, engaged group of about 700 women, I think. And it's a great place, whether it's sexual harassment that you want to talk about, working remotely or something else, that is the place to do it. Find all the links on our website, thejuggle.com.au. See you next time. Happy juggling. Happy juggling.